Welcome to the Common Grounds Unity Podcast, where we have great conversations with unity-minded Christians. Our goal is to encourage unity of the Spirit within the Stone Campbell Movement and beyond. We believe unity starts with a cup of coffee. So grab a cup and join us as we seek to fulfill Jesus' prayer that we may all be one. And now... Here are your co-hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Common Grounds Unity podcast. This is our 52nd podcast. We've been at this for a full year now, and we are thrilled to be wrapping up a full season and looking forward to a season ahead. And we want to thank you that listen to this podcast week to week. It's our prayer that you're being blessed as you listen uh, to all of the conversations that are being had, and more importantly, that your heart's being moved in a direction toward answering or being the answer to the prayer of our Lord Jesus in John 17, where he prayed that we might all be one. We've had a lot of interesting conversations in the past 52 podcasts. If you've missed them, there is a, a great um, catalog of work there that you can go and listen to, and we've interviewed just interesting people from all the streams of the Stone Campbell movement, from uh, college professors, authors, historians, ministers, uh, college presidents. Uh, It's just been such a diverse group of interesting people who love the Lord and love the body of Christ, and we look forward to the the year ahead. We're going to be ending our season this year with a conversation with the board of Common Ground Unity. So, you know, we really appreciate these folks who serve on this board and have such a heart for what we're about. Um, so I'm going to introduce the board in just a couple of moments, and we're going to pick their brains a little bit and enter into some dialogue with them and let you meet them, uh, those who serve in this way. In, in the past year, we focused on the why of unity. And as we transition to season two, we're going to focus more on the what and the how of unity. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit, where we've been and where we're headed. Um, I want to introduce our board, and then they're going to say a little bit more about themselves. So I'm, I'm going to be a little concise here. But first, I want to introduce Alicia Crumpton. She is a part of our board um, Alicia is married to John. Uh, boy, they have just varied interests. They support the public art efforts, local businesses, leadership, education. She is a leadership and management consultant uh, within the utility sector. She focuses on strategic planning, performance management, um, leadership coaching. Uh, she has her PhD in leadership studies. Uh, an MA in Engaged Humanities and the Creative Life from Pacifica Graduate Institute. Her PhD is from Gonzaga University, and she's got an MS in Information Science from the University of Michigan, and then a BA from Lincoln Christian University in Education. Um, Alicia, she really needs to do a little bit more education, really, to be on this board, I think. But uh, Alicia serves on the board of Common Grounds Unity. She also serves on the board of the Stone Campbell Journal and World Convention. So we're going to let Alicia talk in just a couple of moments. Javier Monzon is with us as well. Javier grew up in Bogota, Colombia, and New York City. He became a disciple of Jesus when he was 14 years old in the ninth grade. 
Uh, he's always been interested in science. He earned a BA in biology from the City University of New York and a PhD in ecology and evolution from Stony Brook University. And he is now a professor at Pepperdine University of Biology. He teaches zoology, ecology, animal behavior, and conservation biology. He's married to Patricia, and he is a member of the, the Simi Church, which is a congregation of the International Churches of Christ. We're hoping Keith Whitney can pop in with us a little later as well. Keith is a, a law professor emeritus at Pepperdine University, had a long and distinguished career there, and Keith is also an elder in the Simi Valley Church of Christ. And then uh, John Teal is a part of our board. And uh, John recently re relocated from California out to North Carolina, but he grew up in Michigan. So he's got a you know life across the country and also across the streams of our movement. He's been in congregations of the main, mainline churches of Christ and the international churches of Christ. He attended Great Lakes Christian College, graduated from Central Christian College of the Bible with a BS in biblical studies. And he and his wife, Dana, they live in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina now. But when we started all this, he was out here on the West Coast um, living up in Simi Valley. And John is the instigator of Common Ground Unity, this whole ministry that's just taken hold and this movement. It started with a dream in his mind and in his heart to bring people together in the Stone Campbell movement. So I've got a great affection and love for John as a brother, and what a delight it's been to get to know him. Nick's also on the board, Nick Zola. We've interviewed Nick. I won't say too much about him because we've had several conversations with Nick, uh, but suffice it to say, uh, Nick is a professor up at Pepperdine University. Um, he teaches uh, religion up at Pepperdine University, and he's got degrees from Abilene Christian University and Baylor University, and I'm trying to remember all the details, but um, you can go back. You need to go back and listen to the Rift and Repair podcast, hear more about Nick. Now, I've said a lot more than I probably intended to, but I want to introduce Tina Bruner back to you. Tina is joining us now as our permanent co-host. Tina has jumped in to fill in at certain times in the past year. Uh, Megan Rawlings did such a great job in the uh, first part of this podcast uh, last year and last season, but Tina's going to be with us. She had to step out because of some other responsibilities. Tina Bruner is the executive director of World Convention and just a great fit to co-host. Tina, welcome aboard. Why don't you lead us into this next session? Well, I'm super excited to be part of this. I realize after the introductions of the board, I'm probably the least qualified, uh, undereducated person represented on this particular podcast. I'll try not to uh, let that intimidate me too badly, but uh, it is super exciting uh, to be part of this with um, so many interesting people. And even as a listener of this podcast, I feel like I learned so much last season and I'm really looking forward to the things that we have ahead. So Kevin, you gave a pretty in-depth uh, introduction to the board members, but I wonder, Alicia and Javier, what would, what would you add to what Kevin shared about your biography and, and what maybe what made you decide to be part of this board? Because I'm sure that you both are really super busy. So what made this something that stood out as, as something you wanted to be part of? Well, for me, I grew up in the Christian church, attended Lincoln Christian University. And in general, I'm interested um, 
in those initiatives that seek to create conversation with members of the restoration movement and Stone Campbell movement. In general, I tend to be a person that is fascinated by this idea of what it means to weave the social fabric. And when I saw what Common Grounds was trying to do and particularly how they were trying to do it virtually using social media and other technology, I became really interested in how using these differing structures helps us to connect the body of Christ one to another. Um, And so when John asked me to join, I said, yeah, I want to be a part of that because it's it's really about how do we um, commune together and orient ourselves one to another in a virtual space. Hi, and for me, um, well, John talked me into it. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so I became uh, a Christian in 1995, and um Perhaps many listeners would know that that was sort of the height of the growth in the International Churches of Christ. And with that came, and that was good because a lot of a lot of people became Christians, a lot of families became restored and healed. But along with that rapid growth came a particular type of arrogance that God was with us and not with anyone else. <laughs> I never really felt comfortable with that narrative. And then a few years later, when I was in college, I I, uh, had, I guess, a personal effort of unity with some people that I considered brothers from a different church. And um, but it wasn't very well supported by our local congregations. Well, anyway, when I moved to California, I met John and we kind of started having these kinds of conversations about how discouraging it is to see Christians so divided when we have so much common ground. Some have asked about unity and they've asked unity kind of to what end? What is the end game? Uh, In other words, some are having difficulty seeing unity as the goal unless it's a means to some other end or some other accomplishment. Could you two address that a bit? Javier, why don't we start with you? Yeah, well, uh, Jesus told us the end or the the goal of unity when he, where it is recorded in the book of John in chapter 17 that he prayed that those who would follow him in the future would be one so that the world may believe. So unity among followers of Jesus is important for the mission of spreading the gospel. Not just important, it is imperative. Yeah. I can speak to that as well. I've had this question asked to me several times by people, and I think some of it is is you know, our focus in the West is is quite different than um, maybe the way people think in the East. And I don't know if we realize this or not, but Jesus was an Easterner. I, I think one of the things that we um, focus a lot on is, is being human doers rather than human beings. And I think if we really understand Jesus, Jesus was relational. 
talks about abiding in him. And so the key in all of this is so that we know him. And, and even in John 17, he talks about that. The whole goal of unity is so that people would know him and the Father. So many times I think we're just looking at uh, what we produce, you know, a, a, a bigger organization, more people, larger buildings, and all that. And I think we, we end up missing the core of what the gospel is all about. It's about reconciliation. And honestly, from, from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about reconciliation, bringing people together and, and focusing people towards um, our God and our Father. I so agree with what you just said. I, I, these kinds of questions leave me sad because I feel like we need to critically reflect upon how notions of progress and utilitarianism have influenced our hermeneutic of what scripture means. And, and particularly with unity, I think that John, or in John 17, when Jesus prayed for unity, he's calling us to a way of being in the world. To your point, John, I mean, being versus doing, it's a way, it's an ontological commitment of orienting ourselves one to another in such a way that that people will see who he is by the way we orient uh, one to another. And I think that's that's what unity is about, is modeling who Jesus is and what he's calling us to. Alicia, thank you for that, and each of you. I, I jumped a little bit ahead in asking that question, and I think it, it goes with this. But, John, I'm so used to having John as our producer that I jumped ahead before he answered Tina's question, and, and I think his answer is reflected in what he just said. But I want to give you the opportunity um, to answer Tina's question, John. And particularly, you know, you're, I mentioned you're kind of the brainchild and, and yours was the heart that led to all of this. What made you see this? Uh, unity is so important that you launched this and decided to bring this board together. Could you share that for just a moment? Yeah, sure. I'd be glad to. So I, I didn't grow up very religious at all. I became a Christian in Portage, Michigan in 1980. Um, I met um, a guy who was a butcher in a grocery store in which I was working. We sat down, studied the Bible. He was from the Church of Christ. And, and I got baptized, and it was great. But I think there was, in that congregation and several congregations, there was this philosophy of we are the one true church. For us to be right, everybody else has to be wrong. And I... Um, I drank the Kool-Aid, you know, I actually did. I, I, and, and I don't think I started out that way, but after a, a quite some time, it just became a, a part of my fabric. And honestly, I started reading some, some really great thinkers, people like uh, Leroy Garrett and Carl Ketcherside and James North and uh, DeMurch and, you know, and, and several other people that just really opened my mind to a different way of, of viewing the scriptures. And I, I began to realize that, one, 
churches that that are exclusive and legalistic in their thinking, they always collapse on themselves. It's unsustainable. And so it started really bothering me, actually. And it, it's kind of like a... Um, kind of like a smoke, an ex-smoker, you know, that starts smelling people smoking. It really started to grind on me a lot. I honestly, you know, I, I thought about leaving the fellowship that I was a part of. And, and what I decided to do is just start having cups of coffee with other people in the Stone Campbell movement. And as I did that, I began to realize that not everybody thought that way. And it became freeing to me to realize that, hey, there is a different way to think and still be true to the scripture. And as I did that, I I just started sharing uh, my convictions and my thoughts with other people. And I began to realize even in my fellowship where I was at, a large portion of the people were thinking the same way, but were afraid to say anything about it. Long story short, I thought about this idea that unity starts with a cup of coffee, and I shared it with an elder from the Church of Christ that I met one day, and he's like, well, let's do it. And and that was Scott Ferguson from the Senior Church of Christ, and we did. One thing led to another, and I don't know, we've just been trying to catch up to the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. I wonder, like, when you think about what Common Grounds Unity's purpose and mission is, there have been several different times in our history where we've had an emphasis on unity. Um, What makes this reincarnation of an effort uh, more timely or different than once in the past? What What do you think is, like, drawing people into Common Grounds Unity right now, and how do you want to build on that? Well, one of the things that makes Common Grounds Unity distinct is the emphasis on local unity, local relational unity, and gathering over a shared meal. In fact, it's in our mission statement that we seek to develop local groups that gather routinely over a shared meal in order to build unity. And even that phrase, uh, at some point we were debating whether it should be part of our mission statement. When we kind of launched Common Grounds Unity initially and we're working on a mission statement, we were deliberating various drafts of the mission statement. And one of them excluded that component about the, the shared meal because, well, why should that be important? And then after various uh, rounds of... Um, conversations and revisions, we decided to keep it. We decided that it is an important part of what we're trying to do because uh, we see in scriptures brothers and sisters gathering and sharing a meal and breaking bread together, and that is an important part of fellowship. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I, You know, I think every effort towards unity is is good and it's noble. I think unity is a challenge no matter what kind of relationship you're a part of, whether it's marriage or whether it's friendship or, or whatever. Unity is, is not, um, it's not easy. It has to be forged and built. And um, if we're going to build unity based on specific belief systems only, right? Like you have to agree with me 100%, Kevin or Tina, 
then we're never going to find unity. Matter of fact, my wife and I don't agree a lot <laughs> on a lot of different <laughs> things, you know, but, but we are united. I, I remember one of the, one of our guests um, said one time that for unity to exist, there actually has to be diversity. And I think that's, that's really profound. It, there has to be diversity for unity to exist. And the only way for us to really forge that is not coming together, you know, every six years or whatever in some specific place and then go back to our homes. It's got to be local and it's got to be relational. I think we've seen this happen over and over and over again. And I think, you know, Kevin, where you're at in San Diego is just an incredible example of a, a group of people from the various streams that have come together and just become best friends. Mm -hmm. And as, as you guys have become best friends, you can find common ground. But even so, now after several years, I think you guys can talk about things that you even vehemently might disagree about. And, and yet be able to respect one another and love each other, even in spite of the differences, right? Yeah, Would you yeah. agree? Amen. I'll amen that heartily. You know, Stein Kirchner wrote a book on interfaith dialogue, and I love what he said in the book. He said, he says, people with differing hermeneutics, different interpretations will not agree. So maybe we need to take agreement off the table as the criterion by which we evaluate community. Right. And one of the things that I love about World Convention and Stone Campbell Journal Conference and Common Grounds is it's about coming together as identifiers with the restoration movement, Stone Campbell movement, whatever language we want to use. We identify with that in some way, and we come together in that common identity as believers in Christ and with a shared history. And it's not about agreement. It's about dialogue and relationship and the friendships that form over time through those differing gatherings. And I think that's one of the, the beauties of what, um, it kind of goes back to the last question. <clears throat> you need to what end to build relational stickiness and, co and connectedness mm -hmm. and the beauty in that when we do so, I mean, some of the friends that I have today, I met at World Convention and we showed up every year or North American Christian right. or these different gatherings. And that has a value unto itself in the way that it creates stickiness, identity, a sense of belonging and a sense of community. Yeah. And I might add to that. I think, you know, any any of the efforts, it's not either or, but it's both and. Every every effort has its own value, you know, and World Convention does it and has been doing it for a, a long time and uh, uh, has a great history. I think, you know, the difference is, is you're bringing people globally together and what we're doing is um, bringing people locally together. And those, you know, that builds a synergy, which is really great. I love what um, the distinctive of that this has a local focus and then also um, it's a call to action. So even like even those of us who have a strong uh, identification with unity and things like that, I feel like Common Grounds Unity is calling us into some kind of community, which 
makes it easier to express that value, which then I believe like shows the world the difference that Christ makes in our communities. Nick Zola could not be with us today, but we are going to have a a quick message from him. um, And we'll plug that in right here. Hi, friends. This is Nick Zola. I'm sorry that I wasn't able to join the live recording for this session. I'm currently serving as a faculty in residence for Pepperdine's Switzerland program, so I'm living abroad this year. Uh, As a professor of New Testament at Pepperdine, it's been a great honor and joy to participate in Common Grounds for the last couple years now. And uh, one of the reasons that I serve on Common Grounds is because of the way that I explain to my students what I think the very heart of the gospel is. The heart of the entire biblical narrative, as I read it, is going from stranger to neighbor. That even as the people of God, the Israelites, were were called out of Egypt and were given uh, an understanding of what their story and what their narrative is, God reminded them that they are to love their neighbor as themselves and they are to love the alien as themselves, because they were once aliens, they were once strangers in the land of Egypt, and so they know what it is to be an outsider and to go from outsider to insider. And that's where I see the narrative of Scripture taking us, that the Israelites were called to love their neighbor, which meant each other, to love the alien, the stranger, which meant the outsider, and Jesus comes and collapses those two things into each other. Jesus says, the stranger is your neighbor. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, it's this Samaritan, this outsider, who acts as a neighbor to the others who normally would have treated him as an outsider. And and so we see those two ideas coming together. The stranger is your neighbor, and, and that is where Christianity is taking us. And that's what I see Common Grounds doing, is recognizing that in in the stranger in the person who is uh, supposedly unlike us, in fact, that very person is us, is our neighbor, is as much a child of God as we are. And in recognizing that and seeing that, we see the very face of God. And so I'm, I'm very proud of the work that Common Grounds does and proud of the ways in which those who otherwise might not know each other are coming together for table fellowship and are seeing the Lord in doing so. There's a particular passage that I'll leave you with that has struck me now for a few years as being representative of what it is that we do. It comes at the end of the Gospel of Luke. It's the two on the road to Emmaus after Jesus has been crucified and died, but they haven't yet recognized him in his resurrection. Even as he walks with them, they they don't understand who he is. And it's not until he sits down with them and, and he breaks bread with them that they truly recognize him. And then they run back and they, and, they, and they meet the other disciples and they tell them what has happened to them. And there's this line at the end of that passage that, that I find to be, to encapsulate exactly what it is that, that we experience when we come together in the name of Jesus. They, they told them what had happened. This is Luke 24, 35 on the road and how Jesus had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. Jesus is made known 
in the breaking of the bread, when we come together, when we share fellowship together, in our case, when we take up a cup of coffee together, then, then the Lord is present among us, and then we go from stranger to neighbor. And that's the work that we're involved in, and that's the work that I'm very proud to associate with. Thanks, everyone. Well, we we appreciate Nick sharing that. As I mentioned earlier, Nick's in Switzerland, I believe, with Pepperdine University for a semester. Is that correct, John? For a year. Uh, For a year. Yeah. (laughs) So we're thankful he could share with us in that way. Nick's been just a great supporter of what we're about here. Um, For those who've not participated in a gathering, can you talk about the gatherings and why they're core to everything CGU does. I, You know, we do this podcast, we have essays, we've got a website, but really, you know, the core of this thing are these gatherings. So talk a little more about that and why it's so important. Sure. Javier, do you want to share your experience? Uh, certainly. Uh, we say at Common Grounds that the goal of the gathering is the gathering. I think we got that from Jeff Walling, who's we did, a dear, yeah. a dear uh, brother and neighbor of mine. We went to lunch with him, and it was so great because he's like, so what you're saying is is that the goal of the gathering is a gathering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love how concise that is. And and the, it's just exactly that, right? Like when I want to hang out with my brother, I don't necessarily need to have a reason. I just go and hang out with my brother, right? Um, I don't have an agenda. And so when we gather, when we have a Common Grounds Unity gather, that's, it's just f- to gather, just only to cultivate the relationship. That's it. And so, and, there's, and there has to be a shared meal, <laughs> you know, whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner, it doesn't matter, or just some coffee. The point is to gather and just to have a conversation, get to know one another. Uh, and as Jesus said, it only takes two. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, oftentimes we we spend a lot of time relying on what we do. My my tendency is to do that um, rather than relying on the power of the Holy Spirit to work. And I think one of the things that we've seen in this is the Holy Spirit reveals different things. Like I can think things should come out a certain way. And and God might do something completely different. And I think the beauty of us just coming together for fellowship is it gives room for God's spirit to just work in those relationships and however he sees fit. I'll give you a great example. When I was in Simi Valley, Joe Collins was our, our minister. We were renting a building. And so he didn't have an office. He lived in... Um, probably like 30, 40 minutes away from um, where his ministry was. And over a course of time, as we met together at Common Grounds, he got to know the people over at the uh, Simi Hills Church of Christ. 
And he became really good friends with the minister over there. And they started sharing pulpits with each other. And so he would go over there and preach. And Daniel would come over and preach uh, at our congregation. And then one day they were just uh, hanging out together. And he's like, so, hey, where's your office? He's like, oh, I, I work out of my house. And, you know, a lot of times I, you know, use uh, restaurants and, and such like that, to, you know, to meet people. And he's like, well, we have an office right here. We'll we'll paint it for you, put some furniture in it, and you can use it as you see fit, you know. Well, that might be a small thing, but it's not a small thing. And uh, over the years, they've become great friends. You know, they're serving one another. And it's just... Um, I don't know. It's things like that. It's small, but I think it's huge. And God works in ways that we just never, I, I, I didn't foresee that happening, you know. Yeah, I think it's huge too, uh, because I'm still there, right? I'm still at Semi Church, and it is inspiring to observe the friendship between my minister, Joe, and the minister next door, Daniel. Uh, in fact, one uh, time I went to church, right, just for a regular Sunday, and uh, I didn't know this was going to happen, but the preacher that day was Daniel from the church next door, and that, that was so encouraging to me. What have you all seen as some of the um, resistance that people have if you invite them to a gathering? Like, what are, because it seems so simple, that you just get together. But when you all have invited someone to, to come to a, get coffee or whatever, are there any specific, not, like, not really, uh, honestly, or just that they've never been invited to get together with someone else? Yeah. You know, I think there are, there are some people who are just not interested. They're, they don't have the bandwidth or, or whatever, but I, to be honest with you, I, I when I started doing, the, this the Facebook group and making it more public. I I had a fear that I was going to get a lot of pushback, and honestly, it's been so encouraging. There's a felt need that this needs to be part of our DNA. That for far too long we've allowed a few people to control the narrative in a very negative way, and I think people are just tired of it. And honestly, it's not very inspiring. And I think people come visit uh, churches that, that are legalistic or exclusivistic. And I don't think they're inspired. It's really important that, well, I, I guess I guess I think we've, we've all just kind of come to this point um, where we feel like if we don't change our culture, either our, our congregations won't grow or our congregations will die. Or... Our children will not come to church, you know, they'll go someplace else. And, and I think we, the time has come. I think it's, it's ripe for us to, to change our attitudes. Well, I think the, the, to springboard off that, the, I've never had somebody refuse getting a cup of coffee or sharing a meal, unless it was just time or energy constraints. And, and, you know, Jesus was so, spot on when when he chose the Lord's Supper, <clears throat> the symbology of food and drink, <clears throat> and the essentiality with which right. we all have to eat and drink. 
And so it creates that natural, well, what are you going to do for lunch? Well, I'm hungry. Let's go. And there's really no, it's, it, it reduces that utilitarian concern to just a very practical, yeah, I'd love to share that time with you. Let's go have a cup of coffee and talk. I haven't seen you in ages. And it becomes relational, like immediately instead of utilitarian. And that's, so I think that's the beauty too of what we're trying to do is just to enhance and, and reinforce the, the vitality of eating and drinking mm-hmm. together and sharing time together. That's a really good point. And I think too, you know, if you think about even in the temple, what was in, you know, what was in the center of the temple? Um, there was a table, right? God chose to put a table in the temple. Other other uh, religions, you know, uh, of that time in the Old Testament had big scary idols and, you know, to uh, scare people into um, obedience. But but God chose a table. There's something cool about that, right? Like God wants to commune with mm-hmm. us and fellowship with us, not not to scare us and you know and control us. He wants a relationship with us. I think Victor Knowles said, "If if we break bread together, we don't break heads together." And, <laughs> and I think that's <laughs> I like that one. So that kind of leads into what are the hopes and dreams or goals for Common Grounds Unity going forward? Well, I I can address this, I guess, um, and I'll let Javier and Alicia chime in. Alicia and I had, had, had this conversation a while ago. I think one of the big things that we need to focus on is sustainability and secession planning. Where do we go from here? I think we need some young people to come along and take it to the next level. I'm approaching retirement age. And so, you know, my shelf life is getting smaller and smaller. And honestly, I think it's it's better served putting it in the hands of somebody else. We want to give this thing away to the next generation. So we need to figure out how to do that. Um, we never really wanted this to be a, a huge organization. We want it to really operate more like an organism. So each of the gatherings, we, we don't tell them how to be a gathering. Um, we have some basic principles that we believe in and, and encourage, but we want we just want this to be an organic thing and we want to be here to support it. So at some point we have to figure out how do we build a little bit of a structure in order to maintain that. And so that's one of my goals is to, how do we pass this on? How do we give it away to the next generation? Part of that, I think at some point we're going to have to find an executive director that we're going to hire, but, but that's probably as big as we we're going to get as an organization. Secondly, and even more importantly, we want to focus on our core mission, which is to encourage and facilitate more local gatherings around the world. A couple of things. Well, three things I'm interested in is one is how do we increase where appropriate collaboration between World Convention and the Stone Campbell Journal? How, is there Are there places and opportunities to collaborate there and to even more so strengthen uh, the body of Christ. Secondly, is that last year we had talked about um, uh, increasing our touch points 
with our uh, gathering leaders as a way of ministering to and fielding prayer requests and information requests uh, to sort of become that hub and repository and, and caretakers of those who have committed to uh, our organization. Um, and, and I had a lead on that and with just some personal issues and, and other things, I just got distracted. So that's always a prayer request. And then the, the third thing that I've been thinking about that I think would be poignant um, would be to somehow facilitate a, a shared prayer and communion time uh, between the three. And maybe this is a collaboration between Common Grounds World Convention and Stone Campbell, a way that we could partake mm-hmm. of the Lord's Supper together and pray for one another um, collectively <clears throat> Those are three things that I've thought of. One of the hopes that I have for Common Grounds Unity is to have more young people engaging. I think John said this in a way when he mentioned the importance of uh, kind of passing it on to the next generation. And I agree with that, but it doesn't need, uh, or young people need not, engage in a leadership capacity in common grounds i would just like to see more young people engage because our our youth are not interested in uh, legalism and exclusivism um but they're interested in in social relationships um and so i would like to see more teenagers and college students who are christians in these various streams of the stone campbell movement coming together and building relationships. Well, boy, I I think all of our listeners will value hearing your hearts, hearing your thoughts, hearing your hopes for the future. And I want to say on behalf of everybody that's blessed by by Common Grounds, thank you for serving as a board to this movement. You know, every for everything to to gain traction, you need some people behind it that start to give it that nudge. And you all have been uh, generous with your time and energy in giving this movement that nudge. So thank you, each of you, for joining with us today. Uh, We look forward to partnering together uh, in the podcast piece in another season that's ahead. Tina Bruner, thank you for uh, agreeing to kind of move forward in in the role of co-host with this. And I certainly look forward to the next 52 podcasts um, and all the conversations that are ahead. John Teal is always thinking about, hey, you know, what's next? What's the next discussion? Who are the next guests? And man, he's got some great ideas and thoughts uh, that we've, we've shared and talked about and some good things that are on the drawing board. So I got one last question for our board. We, we ask this of all of our guests at the end of every podcast. If we were all to gather together in, in one place and be able to, to do this, not, you know, over the internet, but uh, in, in just one of your cities, and we all sat down for a cup of coffee, Common Ground Unity is all about the gathering. It all starts with a cup of coffee. How do each of you take your coffee? Well, you got to remember, I'm from Colombia, so I'll have Colombian coffee. <laughs> and uh, in Colombia, we drink coffee every morning 
and that's true even for children. So I grew up drinking coffee since I was little. And so it would be with milk, and well, nowadays I would use almond milk, uh, and um, some sweetener. Mm. Simple. Alicia? Much to my mother's dismay, I, Daddy fixed me my first cup of coffee when I was like four or five years old. <laughs> <laughs> and it was black, hot black coffee with lots of cream and one Splenda. Mm. Well, it was sugar back then, but now I've gone to Splenda. Gotcha. <laughs> John? I like my coffee strong. And it's, you know, I like it fresh ground and none, none of that stuff that's, you know, been uh, in a can or anything like that. So, <laughs> um, but um, I, I put half and half in there, about two tablespoons, uh, put it in first. You got to put it in first. And, uh, and then, and then you pour that strong coffee right on there and that's it. Oh, that's kind of the way I like it. Well, listen, folks, I know you're all busy people and you have other places to get to. Thank you for sharing your time with us and with those that are listening. Tina and I will be back with you next week for the first podcast of our next season. Thank you all for listening. And may we all seek to to be a part of the answer to that prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17, that we might all be one. Go grab a cup of coffee with a fellow believer in your area and start this good work towards unity. Thank you all. Thank you for listening to the Common Grounds Unity podcast. Please check out commongroundsunity.org to learn more about who we are. There are plenty of resources, and you can subscribe to the weekly email articles, join the Facebook group, or find our YouTube channel. We've also provided a link in the show notes for comments, You can ask questions or suggest topics and guests. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do that too through the show notes or on our website. Until next time, God bless. And remember, unity starts with a cup of coffee.